Another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, despite the fact that uh, it is the day after remembrance of a very, very dark day in American history. Yes, it was a darker day even than January 6th. In fact, it is insane and insulting and a way of trashing the memory of what happened on September 11th, 2001, to compare it to January 6th. And yet Democrats are doing that in their desperation to try to get some traction in this uh, upcoming election. As a matter of fact, the New York Times, not a newspaper or journal or opinion source that is known at all to be hostile to uh, Democrats, is saying, hold on, Democrats, all that stuff about your surge in the polls and all that encouraging news about maybe holding on to the House and certainly holding on to the Senate, that could be all kafui. It could be not real. You could be repeating the same polling mistakes that were part of the election in 2020 when there were places that were supposed to be very close, like Ohio wasn't close, Trump won easily. And then there were other states that were supposed to be a walk in the park for Joe Biden at one point, Wisconsin. There's a major poll that said that Biden was going to win Wisconsin by 17 points. He won by one point. So we'll talk a little bit about what is wrong with the polls. Also, the issue of mourning the queen uh, and uh, somehow similarly and at the same time, apologizing for colonialism. This is still a big uh, news item for a lot of people on the left who are trying to exploit the death of Her Majesty and the coming coronation of King Charles III as a means of emphasizing the evil of the British government and of the British monarchy over the years. We will get to that. And most importantly of all, a, a turn in the war, the war that uh, has been raging in Europe now for seven months, and now with results that no one anticipated. I mean, no one. And I do follow this stuff closely, and I assume you do because it's important, but no one had predicted this kind of a Ukrainian advance. People are calling it a blitz, a lightning strike. The uh, Wall Street Journal and editorial says Ukraine's counteroffensive against invading Russian forces is an important turn in the war, though not without peril, as Vladimir Putin calculates how to respond. In less than a week, Ukrainian forces have retaken some 3,000 square kilometers from the uh, Russian invaders. That's more Ukrainian territory than Russia has seized since April. The Ukrainian counteroffensive in Kharkiv Oblast is routing Russian forces and collapsing Russia's northern Donbass access, says the Institute for the Study of War, which has ably tracked the conflict. So what happens next? Wall Street Journal says Putin considers using nuclear weapons. Really? How? And what would that mean? We will get to all of that. But, but first off... The remembrance of September 11th. And, and it's, it's interesting because the country did not seem to be as transfixed yesterday. Maybe it's because we are in the very beginning of football season. And I know, I know people here in Seattle are very excited that Russell Wilson 
is coming back to town with the Denver Broncos now. And uh, there there was just a, and the baseball season, there was an all-time great Mariners game with uh, two tying home run in the bottom of the ninth and then a winning home run. And all of this very exciting. And by the way, we had a wonderful uh, weekend that we were able to spend with a bunch of little kids and actually taking responsibility for a bunch of little kids who happen to also be our grandchildren. But that's, that was a, a great thing. And um, most people around the country were just not drawn deeply into talking about or recalling September 11th. And uh, the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, which does a very well-respected poll and monitors attitudes toward global they have a headline 21 years after 9-11 americans are less concerned about terrorism aren't you i mean with all the things you think about right now and unless you're an idiot democrat you don't think that terrorism is a realistic possibility from uh the unfortunate people who uh, ransacked the Capitol building, and they didn't even ransack it as horribly as they could have. Uh, Again, there is such a ridiculous thing to try to compare that to September 11th, where nearly 3,000 Americans perished. It's a solemn day. Back in 2002, a year after September 11th, 9 in 10 Americans saw international terrorism as a critical threat. Today, a Chicago, Chicago Council on Global Affairs polling shows that 6 in 10, not 9 in 10, see it as a serious problem today. Uh, equal portions of Republicans, 60 percent, Democrats, 59 percent, and independents classify terrorism as a critical threat. While the perceived threat posed by international terrorism has declined significantly over the last two decades, It still remains a top concern in the minds of Americans compared to other potential international threats. I I think that's true. And it's true precisely because the terrorists are less rational than uh, people who are actually running countries. I mean, yes, less rational even than Vladimir Putin. Uh, And the 21 years since the September 11th attacks against the World Trade Center and the Pentagon... American concern about international terrorism has declined significantly. At its highest point, it was 9 of 10. Now it's down to uh, below for most groups, 6 out of 10, exactly 6 out of 10 for Republicans. Today, a majority of Americans still describe international as a, a terrorism as a critical threat, but at much lower levels than in the past. In the past three years, Americans have hit their lowest levels of threat perception since the council began polling on this topic, uh, 58% in 2022, 54% in 2020. Now, this actually goes to one of the big discussions. If you believe, and I do, that terrorism has declined as an immediate threat, why is that? It's because the United States responded. And we responded with a ferocity and determination. It's the only time that Article 5 in NATO, where all of the NATO countries came to the U.S.'s aid in in, in striking out against the terrorist camps that were still extant in Afghanistan. 
Now, you could say that, okay, well, we left Afghanistan in control of the Taliban. The Taliban were dangerous because they were hosting terrorists. But the people who actually attacked the United States and uh, uh, planned September 11th, they were al-Qaeda. And yes, we have al-Qaeda, we have ISIS, we have al-Shabaab in Africa, we have other terrorist groups that are still around. But uh, they have at least received a lesson that the United States is not going to crumble in, in that regard. And this also has to do with the misremembering of January 6th. And it's one of those things that I hope that when they resume the January 6th hearings, which they're planning to do, we'll talk more about that, they will make it clear that this line that America was close to dissolving, that the January 6th riots at the Capitol building, that that actually brought close to an end of democracy, that's not true. It's a wild exaggeration. Also, wild exaggerations about colonialism and the legacy of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. That and much more all coming up on The Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776, our phone number. show one of the things that uh, I have said on the show repeatedly and people who've listened for a while you will understand that this is something that uh, I think is very very important for Americans to learn honest to God is you shouldn't use Hitler comparisons I mean it's just it's ridiculous and the whole idea of Democrats now including Kamala Harris going along with uh, President Biden in calling uh, Republicans uh, or MAGA Republicans semi-fascists. It's outrageous. It's wrong. It's a Hitler comparison where it doesn't belong at all. And by the same token, you also shouldn't compare other things, other events, lesser events, no matter how lamentable those events are. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe that uh, January 6th was an outrage. It actually made me physically ill to see the idiots who were involved with January 6th, more and more of whom uh, are either pleading guilty or getting convicted, and I think that's appropriate and good for them. But these are not terrorists who deserve death. These are not terrorists who deserve life imprisonment. And uh, the the idea about the comparison between... September 11th and January 6th is, is just outrageous and, and wrong and sickening and should destroy the credibility of anybody who makes that comparison. For instance, uh, Virginia Senator Mark Warner, um, he, uh, he has a reputation as being a relatively moderate Democrat, but not when he says things like this, uh, Mark Warner about the Republican protesters who were part of the mob on January 6th. This is clip 11. Listen. In many ways, um, we defeated the terrorists because of the resilience of the American public, because of our intelligence community. And we are safer, better prepared. Um, the stunning thing to me is here we are 20 years later, and the attack on the symbol of our democracy was not coming from terrorists, but it came from literally insurgents attacking the Capitol on January 6th. So I believe we are stronger. 
I believe our intelligence community has performed remarkably. I think the threat of terror has diminished. I think we still have new challenges in terms of nation state challenges, Russia and longer term, a technology competition with China. But I do worry about some of the activity in this country where the election deniers, the insurgency that took place on January 6th, that is something I hope we could see that same kind of unity of spirit. Okay. Uh, again, uh, well, I'm, I'm all for unity of spirit. I'm all for stopping attacks on symbols of our democracy or election denial. That should be put to it. All fine. But the comparison is outrageous. And, and let me just give you one with the most obvious basis is the terrorists had one aim. They didn't have an aim to stop some kind of governmental process. They didn't want to put an end to the businesses that were headquartered in the Twin Towers. They wanted to kill people. They wanted to horrify people. And they succeeded with 2,997 deaths. And it's outrageous to compare that to a situation on Capitol Hill where one of the things that I've said, and you have to acknowledge this, is that the overwhelming majority of the people who busted into the Capitol building and desecrated our Shrine of Liberty and all of that was wrong. But the one thing you've got to give them credit for is most of them did not have guns. If they did or if they had used their guns, if their aim had been to kill people, if they really wanted to hang Mike Pence rather than just horrifying people with a, a, a stupid slogan, uh, don't you think that there would have been more people who would have died on the spot if there were an exchange of gunfire? God forbid. Can you imagine how horrendous that would be? Uh, what was remarkable, and which I do think showed the beneficence and providence of God, was that you had these big crowds of people and big crowds of police officers, 140 of whom were injured, and uh, nobody died on the spot. I know people died afterward, and, and some, in some cases it was related to their injuries and to the suffering that happened on January 6th. But still... You, you, you cannot compare that to the instantaneous death that people received by crashing airplanes. I mean, it's, it's complete madness, and it's just wrong. And uh, th then again, there's more from Hillary Clinton, who reflected on September 11th and uh, gave what she believes to be one of the profound lessons of that dark day, 3.5. We have also, I think, um, been reminded um, about how important it is uh, to try to deal with extremism of any kind, uh, especially when it uses violence to try to achieve political and ideological uh, goals. So. I'm one who thinks that uh, there are lessons still to be learned from what happened to us on 9-11 that we should be very aware of uh, during this time in our country and the world's history. Okay, fair enough. But when you talk about extremism of any kind and you constantly use the term extremism to apply to your political opponents, the people who disagree with you, 
Is there any comparison between the people who behaved so horribly on January 6th and re rejected American norms and wanted to overturn a, an election with people who want to exterminate the United States? Uh, people who were following a fatwa that had been given by Osama bin Laden, a fatwa that said that Americans should be killed wherever you see them. And do I think that uh, extremism on the right is dangerous in America? And the idea of lynching people, even if you're saying it in jest, hang Mike Pence, is completely unacceptable. And yes, it's appropriate for people to go to jail for all of that. Of course. But you are in in some ways minimizing the the true horror and profound evil from uh, America haters who want to exterminate our entire country, who want to destroy the entire system that has allowed us to exist. I, uh, uh, and, and by the way, this comes at a time when there's a new poll that says uh, that Republicans in particular, and a lot of Democrats too, believe that some catastrophic events are imminent, meaning happening in the next few months for the United States. What kind of catastrophic events? We'll get into that. Is it related to these Ukrainian successes, which are so inspiring over in the in Ukraine and, and in Russia? We will get to that as well, coming up on the Medved Show. show uh, talking about the re recollections of uh, September 11th and that were muted to some extent this year. It may have been just because it occurred on a Sunday with so many other things concerning people and uh, so many other worries right now. Uh, Rudy Giuliani was one of the conspicuous heroes of uh, September 11th, 2001. He was the mayor of New York. And, and the important thing to remember is that uh, Rudy was a mayor of New York who couldn't run for re-election because he, he was term limited at the time. When Bloomberg came in as mayor, he got rid of the term limits. And so he could serve three terms as mayor, which he did. Successful mayor too, Michael Bloomberg, but not like Giuliani. Giuliani changed the whole city. And it's much better, and I'm sure that Rudy would appreciate it, if you remember him as he was on September 11th, uh, 2001, when he became America's mayor because of his resolute, strong, uh, capable leadership of the city through this utter nightmare of being attacked by a, a very profoundly evil foreign source. Uh, it's it's a little bit easier to think about that Rudy Giuliani who 
many of us used to admire a great deal. He was one of the most successful mayors of any city at any time, certainly in the history of the country. People say that Rudy Giuliani and um, Fiorello LaGuardia, uh, a mayor in the 1940s, uh, was the other mayor who was most inspiring, most successful for the city of New York. Uh, Rudy appeared on Newsmax, uh, Newsmax uh, reflecting on his service as mayor during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Listen. The feelings are complex fe feelings. Um, it's the, I mean, I guess the best way to describe it is it was the worst day of my life. And in some ways, you know, the greatest day of my life in terms of my city, uh, my country, my family. It was the worst foreign attack on this country since the War of 1812. It was a complete surprise. It was an attack on completely innocent people. And I watched it firsthand. Okay, and to say it was the greatest day of his life uh, is the kind of thing that people are going to criticize him for. I, I understand. I think anybody can understand. It obviously is the day that he will remember every detail, the most significant day of his life. And the... Uh, uh, the, the truth about Rudy is you don't have to admire uh, Rudy of 2022, who is in a, a, a world of trouble right now and is involved with promoting ideas that just aren't true. And uh, that doesn't take away the credit from uh, Rudy of uh, 25 years ago. And 25 years ago, the height of his mayoralty, when he strengthened the police department, he strengthened law enforcement, he helped the most conspicuous, the greatest reduction of violence and crime uh, in the city's history. We, we had gotten down, and this was under the Bloomberg administration that followed Rudy Giuliani, where New York had a crime, crime rates that were lower than at any time since the 1800s. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing. In fact, they were probably lower than in the 1800s because New York, being the biggest city in the country, uh, had a long-standing crime problem. And uh, that goes to this question, which, again, is, is a, a little bit horrifying when, when you read it. Uh, it says uh, that nearly a third of Democrats and half of Republicans believe that some truly dire catastrophic events are imminent for the United States. Imminent means right around the corner. Uh, expect them soon. What kind of events? A new poll from YouGov asked respondents to predict the likelihood of various doomsday scenarios within the next decade. In other words, before they finish outlawing cars, uh, gas-driven cars in California and Washington and other states. We're going to have some horrible catastrophe that's going to intervene. The results show that a great many Americans expect the country will plunge into civil war, will no longer be a democracy, and overall will be dramatically weakened in some way within the next 10 years. While the exact circumstances of a new American civil war may vary, the data polled from Democrats and Republicans show that 37% of Americans believe there's at least a chance it will happen in some form. Okay, my question to you is how? 
if you're thinking about a civil war, you've got to envision it. The last time it was fairly clear. They had separate states that had decided that they were going to break apart. And you had a federal government that was determined that they would remain one union. Is that going to happen? I mean, I know people talk about secession. But do you talk about fighting with your life so Idaho can be a separate state? Really? That's worth sacrificing your life for? The, uh, the, the difference, the key issue of slavery, what is the, the issue that is going to divide uh, red and blue America to prepare this civil war? The numbers suggest that about 40% of Americans predict a civil war between Democrats and Republicans. 32% expect a civil war between red and blue states, and 28% expect a war between different races. On a similar note, the poll also found that 28% of people expect states will uh, try to recede from the union again. Well, when they say recede from the union, secede from the union again, that makes it sound like it happens all the time. Oh, yeah, it was 1861, but, uh, yep, uh, we're going to have another bout of secession. Are we over what issues again? Even beyond the possibility of a civil war, YouGov's polling shows a huge chunk of Americans expecting the worst for the country's future. About 38 percent, more than a third, of Americans think America will not be a democracy for much longer. So how do we lose our democracy? How were we supposed to lose our democracy on January 6th? I mean, it would have been a horrible crime if they had hanged Mike Pence. I don't think they were really planning on it. But even if they had, this is a horrible event. But this means that America's democracy would crumble, that we would end up with a dictatorship. 25% uh, went even further by predicting the country would become either a fascist or a communist dictatorship. Actually, the irony there is most of the communist dictatorships in the world, and there have been plenty of them over the years, were also fascist. And remember that the fascists, the Nazis, the Nazis actually an acronym for National Socialist Party. Um, and that was where they were. Uh, we will we will get to that. If uh, if anybody has a scenario that you worry about that you think is actually scary about some kind of American catastrophe that we should expect before 2032, uh, if you want to speculate on that, one eight hundred nine five five seventeen seventy six. Basically, some of this end of the world stuff. Uh, actually can ruin lives. And, and there's a story, it's an un, un, unbelievable story, about a deep-seated conspiracy theorist who uh, just landed in a, uh, with a 10-year federal prison term. Uh, why? Because he took his own conspiracy theory about becoming a sovereign citizen so seriously that he didn't pay his traffic tickets. All right, we, we will get to that. Pay your traffic tickets and uh, call if you have some vision of the future about the looming catastrophe. We'll be right back.
Bernard Show uh, talking about a, a new poll from YouGov that shows that uh, close to 40% of Americans across the board uh, believe that there will be some kind of nation-ending disaster, uh, secession, civil war, uh, collapse of democracy, and that that is imminent. And uh, I mentioned that, uh, folks, if you believe that is likely to happen, I uh, invite you to tell me how and what you envision. Uh, let's go to uh, Matthew calling in from Oregon. Matthew, you're on the Michael Medved Show. Uh, okay. So, Michael, good to talk to you. But, of course, you are going to hear all the crazy come from me, apparently. All right. Here it is. One is. I think America is kind of like this whole thing with Putin. Number one, like you've mentioned things like we've got to humiliate Putin. When I hear the word humiliate, I think more of Japan and what happened there. I, I, I don't what think I've ever used – I've hold, hold on. I don't think I've ever used the word humiliate. I think we have to defeat Putin. I think we okay. Well, well, maybe maybe I've maybe I've conflated you with other people I've heard, but some people say we have to humiliate Putin so that he never does this again. My problem is, I think that if we if we do humiliate him, I think he probably would strike, and I think his strike is not a nuclear attack, like we all are sitting there speculating. I think he would hit with EMP, and I think he would hit. I think he would hit. I've even I've got. Okay, you're talking about the electromagnetic pulse that would ruin uh, electricity, would ruin transmission, would ruin the whole Internet. I, I, so just to make sure that people understand what you're talking about with EMP, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I think in part that is a very big – that is a bigger probability because Putin would be able to say, well, we didn't kill them. All I did was take away their electricity – I didn't I didn't kill him and then it would be like okay so do we nuke him back and how do we nuke him back and what are we talking about nuking him back cuz he kind of did something that was as big as a nuke but it didn't do exactly that and I've read all the stuff about EMP they say 90% of the people will die and that's because and it's not even it, it's you know the society would break down and from there civil war would absolutely happen um, but, uh, you know, things will break down from there, but then there's other weird things that are out there, such as you have to dox yourself every time you donate to a political party. My mom did this and my brother, he's into tech and all this, and he picked up on it. And this is back in, uh, the 2020 election. Wait, 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 my what happened? To... Uh, hold, hold on. So what happened with your brother in the 2020 election? My mom mainly, but my bro. Okay, so my brother pays a lot of attention to a lot more of the more underground stuff that happens on the internet. And what happened is my mom donated donated money to the GOP, and then because she donated money onto the GOP, she ended up on this map. And both the right and the left have the same map or similar maps. It, it's, it almost looks like Google Maps with little pins. A pin gets brought right on top of her house because they have the address and all the stuff about her. And then it also requests for more, you know, to keep adding to a dossier about the person. And what happened is she donated. And for the for the ones that are on the right wing, of course, they call it racist watch. If you want to look it up, it's called racist watch. 
And what they do is they add right wingers to that. And my mom who's or my they? mother brought wait. it to my mom. Oh, wait, who's they? And how do you know that you, your mom got victimized by they? Okay, so whoever they is, they are anti. Well, in this case, they're anti Republican. So are case. they Democrats? Now, are we the, talking Democrats? Who, what are, who are we talking internet, about? No, no, no. They're basically they're internet. I would how would you how would you define it? They're internet people that are taking data that's online and sharing it among amongst each other. And then what they call it, it deeper in the forums. My brother showed me it back then. Is that they call it a kill list? That eventually one day they can go and kill people in their homes or whatever they can do in their homes and they have all this information okay why do you think that it... these mysterious doxing people want to kill your mother well no 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 it's not a matter well when my mom looked at it it was it showed everybody in the neighborhood that donated to republicans just everybody yeah but I, I would it, think it, that the, that probably the people who are most interested in finding out who donated to the republicans or other Republicans who are going to then deluge you as someone who has donated to Republicans in the past. And by Jeremy, right, it's even worse. We, we, we get um, a, a emails. It's literally every day asking for donations again and again and again. But that's not coming from people who want to kill you. That's from people who want to take your money, which is bad enough. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm saying that all those tools that you're talking about are being re-weaponized against us. Instead, what you do is you, they are paying attention to who is supporting the right wing, and they call it racist watch. Anybody who donates to the GOP is placed on this Okay, list. but who is they? I, I, don't, I don't understand because it Just sounds... Internet anonymous people is, is kind of like a 4chan thing except for on the left hand side wait it's the just right anonymous people who are who are making lists of people who who and I, again I, part of what you're doing is you're you're making a very good argument uh, that people may be hearing out there not to donate to anybody uh but, uh, but by the way and and i think that's wrong i think there's some races this year particularly uh, close Senate races where donating and helping a Republican candidate would be really something that's worth doing. But what what's, it surprises me is, do you think that these people have an overall plan uh, that is going to lead to mass murder and to liquidation and to concentration camps or what? You know, as far as like some grand plan, I think the idea is to try to motivate populace to do random lone wolf strikes and to give them data that they would have people that they could just target. And it's like, here you go. Here's a map of the people in your neighborhood of people that, you know, are your basically proverbial enemies. And these are the evil people. And if you can, and I think that eventually they're going to be pushing harder and harder on trying to motivate people. You know, they stay in. OK, and so what's the ultimate they... goal? Uh, hold on. Uh, we still haven't identified who the they is. But what is the ultimate goal that they are pursuing? Is it to take over the country? Is it to establish a dictatorship? 
I think it's a I think it's a mix. I think some people are antifa, you know, people that just want to kind of terrorize maybe the right that hate. You know, I mean, basically what it is is, I guess I could say that the internet has driven a certain amount of humanity insane. And that's how that's my look on it is it's driven a certain amount of people just bonkers. And I think it affected Putin, to be honest with you, but that's a different story. But I think what it is. is I'm sorry. What about Putin on the left? Do you think do you think Putin is behind this? No, 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 no. I just think I think that the Internet right. Is it Mark Zuckerberg you're most afraid of? Who's the most dangerous man in America? No, I think it's just general human beings. It's like it's basically the social networks, and you know about all the negative stuff that happens with the social networks, and they're feeding the worst in the worst in humanity. So outrage culture and outrage is the only thing that we all want. And so we all, instead of looking at cat videos, we're looking at the most outrageous videos we can find. And so to feed the algorithm. We feed more of that in and more of that in, and it's driving humans insane. And so what's going on is you got people on okay, the Okay, so you, very quickly, because we're almost out of time here, Mark, but what do you see as the solution or the best way to avert the catastrophe and the, the murder of your mother? Well, my mom, my mom already died of natural causes. Oh, okay. But, um, but as Sorry. far as... Uh, no, I, the fact is, is my dad, he already left the, the United States. He calls me up every, he calls me up about once a week and tells me I need to get out of the United States. Where did your dad go from the United States? He, he went to the Philippines. I'm looking at going into the South America area. Yeah, great. That That's a, a, a great place to go if you want a lack of violence, highest violence rates in the world. Uh, yeah, Venezuela, not a good idea. Brazil, problematic. Um, it's problematic. And yes, we are lucky still to be here in this greatest nation on God's green earth.